Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting again with wise people and another collection of words of the wise. In today's episode, episode number 211, is how high-performing real estate investors leverage personal development to grow their business. And I'll also add that, you know, not only is this to grow their business, but this is to optimize their life. It is to elevate their results, to elevate their money, is to elevate their opportunities, is to elevate their enjoyment of life, their quality of life. And I think if you know anything about Elevate Podcast, you know that we are committed to constant and never-ending improvement, or as Tony Robbins put it, can I? He made up this word, can I? And that is constant and never-ending improvement. And that's what we're all about here. Uh, if you want to continue to be successful long-term, whether it's in business, whether it's in investing, whether it's in your own finances or whether it's within your own family, your fitness, your health, it is about that constant and never-ending improvement. So today we're going to be compiling uh, discussions from high-performing real estate investors sharing how they leverage their own personal development to elevate their business, how they leverage their own personal development to elevate their opportunities, to elevate their team, to elevate their leadership, their communication, their skills. Um, they elevate and refine their strategy and their, their, their performance across the board. And so we're going to be surrounding you with other people who really think about how, how can I optimize my own thinking, uh, you know, utilizing the lost art of thinking. Also, how stillness is important, what curiosity means and the importance of curiosity, clarity of purpose, developing a growth mindset, acknowledging and overcoming limiting beliefs, and so much more. So I'm excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, please enjoy this insightful and life-changing episode of Elevate. By the way, you can check out any of these episodes um, in greater depth. And I'm going to mention each of these episodes prior to jumping into each clip. So episode 142, Aaron Hudson, how to get started in real estate investing and amplify wealth. And so thinking back to that moment where you're like, wait a minute, you don't have to be rich to go into this. You just have to be resourceful. Could you talk a little bit about that aha moment for you? Yeah, I will. As a matter of fact, I would love to share it with, uh, something that unfolded last year, an experience that I had that was talk about, remember how we talk about increasing and when we have a win, it increases our confidence. I'll share with you something that happened in the multifamily space that did exactly that. So what happened was, is with Quattro Capital, the incredible team that I have the pleasure of being linked with, um, man, talk about profound, incredibly brilliant individuals. I wake up every morning being like, pinch me, is that really me? Do I really get to work with the most incredible team? Well, going back um, in January of 2020, actually, uh, we were going to take down our first property together and it was, call it a $4 million deal, roughly. 
And I had to bring, in order for me to own 25% of this deal, because we were going to just take it down as us partners, uh, I had to bring $300,000 to the table, right? At the time, I had 26 investment properties and I had never leveraged them. I, they were free and clear. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll just take some money out of these properties and bring in my 300000 Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this aha moment. And I turned to my husband. I said, wake up. I got to share something with you. And he goes, Aaron, can't this just wait till tomorrow? I was so fired up, friend. I could not sleep with what the message and this that I got that just popped in my head. So I wake up the next morning, I get on Facebook and literally this is exactly what I said. I said, how would you like to be the bank, make a great return and have it backed by real estate? And literally my Facebook blew up with over 65 messages. And basically I reached out to the individuals that had reached out to me and I said, hey, basically what it is, I'm giving a 7% return and in turn, it will, there'll be, um, you can be the bank, 7% return, interest only, two-year minimum, three-year maximum. And within 48 hours, I had $300,000 at my fingertips. How That's did I amazing. do it? I did not back it to the apartment we were buying. I literally put them in first position on those free and clear properties, right? And so here's the deal, friends. It's not about begging for people's money. It's sheerly merely giving an opportunity to other, for other individuals to work with you if they know you, if they like you, if they trust you. So fast forward, all of a sudden, a quarter, three months goes by, one of those investors reaches out to me via text and says, Dr. Hudson, I just got the check in the mail. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's such a pleasure to work with you. Talk about making it a win-win for one another and not begging for anybody's money, right? So there is a notch, another notch on my belt that increases my confidence because here I am purchasing a property that's making 12% day one, talk about a diamond in a rough. So it's all about arbitrage, right? So if it's bringing in 12, we pay out 7%, we still have a spread of 5% going in my pocket without any money. <laughs> Everybody wins, which is amazing. And that's the beautiful thing about real estate is that there's no end to the creative approach that you can take, right? You know, you can go out there and post on your Facebook or post on whatever social platform that you want. Hey, here's, I'm, I'm providing an opportunity. Of course, you've got to be thoughtful in terms of how is this benefiting others? And what is sure. this, you know, how does this fit into the market? And what is, what is the best alternative for all parties and all these things? But what a powerful creative seed that you just planted within the minds of Elevate Nation. Episode 158, Dave Allred, how to design your life and live with purpose through real estate. You know, talk to me about lifestyle investing, experiential investing, because obviously to be able to do what you're doing, there has to be a financial component. There has to be a practical component. So developing those type of systems. So could you talk to me a little bit about your philosophy and your approach from a lifestyle investing perspective? Yeah, you bet. So that's something I'm really been passionate about. So when I was when I was 30 years old, I realized I really wanted to have true financial freedom in my life. And I defined that by having enough passive income to pay for my family's cost of living and our quality of life. And so, you know, again, it goes back to intent, reverse engineering. So, okay. And it's actually a pretty simple um, equation. I said, okay, what's my current cost of living? And as an example, let's say it's $100,000. And then the next question is, okay, well, what's my you know, what's my current passive income at? And let's say it's, you know, 25 grand. I've got a condo or a townhome or something like that, right? 
And so the next, the next, the next equation is, so what's the difference between those two numbers in that situation? It's $75,000 and then simply getting laser focused on how can I create enough passive income? So $75,000 to create true financial freedom for me and my family. And that simple equation right there has been a, a has changed my life, honestly, because then it's, it's so clear. It's okay. I need, I need this much passive income. So what do I need in order to hit that? Do I need, you know, 20 more rental properties? Do I need to get, you know, X amount in, you know, dividend stocks? Do I need to get, you know, buy this many more self-storage units or ATMs or whatever it might be that creates passive income. And um, so for me at age 30, I said, okay, I need to get 40 rental properties in order to have enough passive income to have my family's, you know, cost of living covered. And so I got dialed in and laser folks on that at age 30. And, uh, you know, I was able to hit that number at, uh, at 36 years old. And, and then I was like, okay, I, that was, that was, that was fun. Um, let's, let's go for a thousand. And so I was like, Hey, I want to get a thousand ownership in a thousand rental properties by age 40. And at the time I was like, that's pretty, that's a pretty audacious goal. Um, but again, wrote it down, reverse engineered it and started to, you know, started down that journey. And, you know, I was actually able to hit that um, in December of last year, at age 40. And Congrats, uh, man, that's amazing. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. It's a lot of work, but uh, you know, the journey was, was pretty incredible. And so, um, but, but again, if I hadn't written it down and tracked it and gotten so focused on that, right. Where focus goes, energy flows. Right. And so it's like really making that and, and, and not just, it's like tying purpose to it. You know, I really think that you have to make money really matter, right? Like it has to have purpose behind it. If you have good intentions and good purpose behind wanting to have more money, it seems to be attract. I think it, it, it's attracted for some, somehow. Like it, it, it comes more freely when you have good intentions, and you know how you're going to be a good steward over that money when you do get it. You know, a lot of people are like, Dave, that's a cool story, man. Like, that's cool. You have all this designed out, but I don't have a lot of money right now. So once I do get some money, then I want to do what you're doing. I'm like, no, that's completely backwards. You've got to first figure out what you're going to do, create your blueprint, right? What are you going to do and how are you going to get financial freedom? Then once you have that dialed in, I feel like the money comes a lot easier. And when you do get the money, it's going to be deployed responsibly. And it's going to be motivating you because you're going to see that progress being made and fast tracking your life, you know, your financial freedom. You know, you look back at like NFL players, right? It stands for, you know, not for long. So usually two two years later, unfortunately, that, you know, they're, they don't have any money left or, or people that win, win a lottery, uh, you know, usually two years later, they don't have any, they're actually in a worse position than when they first won the lottery. And so I think it's more about just getting a, a blueprint and being intentional and having that dialed in and then going to work. And so I would challenge everybody listening to this, no matter where you're at, is get a clear financial freedom blueprint design that's custom to you, tie a lot of, of uh, purpose to it. So it's not just, hey, I want this or even financial freedom. Like, I want financial freedom. But why? Because one, I love, I'm driven by freedom. I'm a free man. I want freedom in my life. I want freedom in my decisions and what I'm doing, people I hang out with, my experiences. And I want that for my family as well. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like money really is a magnifier of whatever it is that you really are about. And so if you can tie good, you know, a family foundation to it, you can tie, you know, how are you going to help scale a business and create employment opportunities for other people? How are you going to create, you know, passive income streams for other people as well as a syndicator, et cetera, et cetera. 
Like that's, that, that's where, cause that, that, it, that's not just zeros in a bank account. It's actually real meaningful value that you're creating for the economy and for other people that you care about. Episode 162, Damian Lupo, the mindset and mechanics of breaking free from financial bondage. Yeah. The way of being, I mean, that to me really, really resonates. I think about the law of circulation and, you know, I think of like, just the way that our earth spins on the axis and it spins around the sun. And there's all these natural things that happen in the universe that are really circular. And you think about like a garden hose as an example, is it kinked or is it flowing? You know, what's flowing and does it come back to you in the form of precipitation? I just think that's such a valuable metaphor for us to all consider, but the energy, right? It's about the energy of who you are and the energy of what, you know, other people experience when they're around you. That's how it comes back to you. And it's not because of that, but it's just this byproduct. What else do you do to really open up your energy? Because you do have this energy of just generosity and giving and fun and playfulness, but also intensity and fearlessness. And I don't know, I don't know if I would say recklessness, but you're also, you're just, you're just ready to break things, but also for the greater good. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a breaking to build. It's some people yeah. just like, they just break things. <laughs> they want to go out there and be destructive and there's destructive creation or there's different ways to approach that. I like to go find things that are stodgy and it's like the financial system. It's very, very slow and, and it just, it feeds on things. I don't like it and it's done well for itself. So I like to be, to be a part of the creation of something that actually serves people. And so I'm constantly thinking about that. And so it's, I spend a lot of time thinking. I think this, there's a lost art in thinking. I just sit and I think, and I think on paper and I'm thinking, and I have all these notes that are all over the place. And sometimes I never look at them again, but what's happening is it's getting this stuff out of me. And sometimes I'm a, a conduit. I, I feel like whether it's the universe or God, there's a flow through me and it comes out. And sometimes I see something and I go, where did that come from? Wasn't from me. And so you can start thinking, this is where I say that we're spiritual beings having a human experience if you open a channel, if you're actually present enough and still enough, and that's the strategy, you've got to be willing to practice the art of stillness and silence. And that might be for a few minutes. It might be for hours, whatever it is, whether this is meditation or prayer or simply sitting still and watching a bird. Like, I don't care what it is. Most people are too busy chasing shiny objects like a bunch of drunk squirrels. Yeah. And, you know, you think about stillness, it's just, I actually asked a, um, an individual who's an expert on leadership recently, you know, how do the best leaders think? And he said, well, first of all, they think, right? And, you know, it's like, what a concept. Spending time in thought and being still and letting that, you know, greater power speak through you and be a conduit through you is so powerful. Episode 171 with Dr. Vasu Kakarlapudi. Limitless potential, expansion through diversified commercial real estate investing and the case for multifamily. I love practicing medicine, but I wanted to be able to create a second stream of income. And I wanted to do it in a tax advantaged way because one of the things that I realized is as a high earning professional, uh, I would, you know, every April would come by and my accountant would tell me how much I owed in taxes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it was a <laughs> huge knot in my stomach, Tyler. And I was like, I know, you know, and my accountant would be like, well, that's a good sign. You're making a lot of money. I was like, well, yeah, but I'm. they I'm, always tell me that, too. I'm like, that's not good. I don't like that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm working well into, you know, the second quarter, or some, you know, to pay Uncle Sam. And so I just knew there had to be a better way. So, you know, I started asking questions and, you know, the more questions you ask, uh, the better your answers you get and yeah. the more you learn. And And I really came to know that you know, a lot of professionals have used real estate to uh, create a, a tax advantage second stream of income. 
So you were starting to do some networking and ask those questions. I mean, who were you asking these questions of? Was it just other people and other professionals, maybe other doctors that you respected and asked them what their strategies were? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, there's an old adage, right? The doctors are horrible businessmen. So I didn't actually at the very beginning, there are, there are exceptions. There are a lot I didn't of want to tell you the other <laughs> phrase of MD, but I'm just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I had the good fortune of um, seeing, you know, 30, 40 patients a day. And the curious guy that I am, I just started interacting with patients. And, Ooh, wow. uh, you know, you see some patients who seem to have their, you know, their stuff together and <laughs> well put together and, and engaging people. And it turns out a lot of them were in real estate. Interesting. And so several of them, you know, saw that I had an eye for this. They saw that I had a passion for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife, Rama, was busy with going to dental school at that time. And, and I had just... Uh, I'd always had an interest in business, so I, I joined a uh, MBA program in entrepreneurship at the University of Louisville. And so, you know, part of that education is, you know, ask questions, be be inquisitive and show that you're passionate. And so um, I really quickly realized that people who are really successful, if they see somebody that has passion, they want to help them. And so I was fortunate enough to be surrounding myself with people who were very successful in real estate they saw that I was a young guy who was very passionate about this and they took me under their wings and I literally got my real life practical PhD in how real estate professionals look at deals, how they think, how they evaluate, how they um, you know, calculate risk and reward and look for you know, the old asymmetric risk reward ratio. And so um, that's really kind of how I got started. And then you know, one deal led to another and then you know, it's just, I was hooked. And then the more and more I looked around, I was like, you know, the four 400 people, they either made their money in real estate or they kept their money in real estate. So, right. you know, I didn't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel. I had the good fortune of having a good professional career. Um, and I wanted to leverage my career earnings in the most effective way and in the way that wouldn't jeopardize my family. Uh, and with with relatively low risk. And so real estate became an obvious choice. So you identified the pattern, right, of some of your most well put together, and I'm using your words, not mine, <laughs> most well put together patients. Yeah. And you were, you were curious, you were following your curiosity. You had a pain point where the taxes were really hitting you and you were like, wait a minute, this is interesting. I just paid off all these, you know, college loans or maybe yes, that was something yes, that you were dealing with. Right, right. And then you're like, wait a minute, now it's supposed to be my earning years yeah. and now I'm getting hit with this. Yeah. And so you're starting to ask these questions and you identify the pattern. So talk to me about after that light went off, did you surround yourself with mentors? Did you keep asking more questions? Did you go start kicking the tires at properties or what did that, how did that look like? Yeah, I basically had a couple of mentors that uh, were gracious enough to, you know, take me under their wings and I would go after work and uh, look at deals. They were uh, humble enough to be able to share some stuff and I would see how they how they thought about deals. What are the things they looked at? How do they assess risk? Well, how do they assess their upside? Um, how do they protect their downside? You know, all those kinds of, you know, common business 101. And I was also getting my education at UofL. So I was networking with other people who think entrepreneurially. And I think you haven't asked this question yet, but I always, everyone always asks me, well, is the MBA helpful for you? And the most helpful thing about an MBA program is the networking of people who mm. think like you. That was actually more important than the education because, you know, you can go online and get the education. Sure. But the network of, well, interacting with people who, th- who think entrepreneurially 
uh, that was the greatest asset. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Episode 199, Maggie Chung. The resiliency of women in real estate, auditing investments, and creating strategic partnerships. So you're mentioning a lot of the external challenges, and you mentioned one internal earlier about feeling this feeling of, hey, am I worthy of even being here? Am I worthy of even making this call or being a part of this deal? What other types of internal challenges have you been able to overcome, or maybe you still deal with from time to time that you have to continually overcome? Oh, yeah, it's uh, constant, right? Because once you get this, uh, it, it, I don't think it will, it, will, it will ever go away because once you um, elevate, I guess, elevate to the next level, there is like 10 more levels of you. <laughs> so true. There's always more things that um, more things ahead of you and you always feel like you're uphill battle and you always have this challenge. Of, am I good enough? Am I, am I going to be always good <laughs> enough? Um, so I know, I rec I know that it's head trash. So um it's just, but feeling it doesn't mean that um, I can dismiss it because uh, mm -hmm. it's just that I need to, I, I recognize it, I hear it, and I, I just have to step, take a step back uh, and just kind of reevaluate what's going on and what's going on in my head. So um, if, it's, if it's something that is, uh, I know it's bothering me, that it's uh, preventing me to be my A game, then I know that I need to take a step back because it's not, um, it's not going to be a productive day. So. Yeah, that's so good. And and I think it's it's great. I love that you mentioned as head trash. I've never heard that before, actually. But thinking about <laughs> listening to that voice and that internal dialogue and recognizing, number one, we're probably never going to get rid of this internal dialogue. There's this, you know, saboteur or these saboteurs that live within us that want to steal our dreams, that want to convince us that they're actually propelling us forward, but they're actually holding us back. And they're mm -hmm. saying, well, you know, if you try, you might fail. Or if you, you, you make this call, you might be embarrassed. Or if you make this investment, you might not get it again. And all of these problems, you know, all these bad things, and it's causing you to stay 
put right and thinking about, all right, well, let me recognize this voice. Let me hear it. And then, you know, what I always like to do is I like to disidentify from things that are holding me back or that are not serving me. It's like, let's question everything. You were talking about curiosity earlier. It's like, let's get curious. Well, what if the opposite of this belief were true? And what if I owned that belief instead? What if I believed and I owned some belief that really is serving me, my future self and my vision that I have for myself? What if I believed that? What if I identified with that? Does that resonate with you, Maggie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, um, you hit it on the head. Uh, I, I feel like um, a lot of it is auditing yourself <laughs> um, and understanding. Okay, I. A part of it is because your 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 mind is trying to protect you from a failure, um, potential failure. So uh, it's just recognizing that voice, but uh, but also trying to comfort that it's okay. You can get over it, and there's maybe there's potentially something else you're not seeing. So that's why it's really, really great to kind of be part of a community that kind of elevate your mind a little bit and open up your mind and see something different. Maybe that will help quiet down that little bit of head trust or comfort your head that it's not, it's not real. Like it's not, it's not, might not be real. So that is so good. So we got the auditor telling us about auditing investments, <laughs> auditing yourself. I want to get into auditing investments here shortly, but is there any other ways that you audit yourself in the way that you just described? I spent a lot of time, uh, I guess my, um, just kind of listening to myself. <laughs> that sounds a little weird, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I just done it, um, growing up. It's just, it's just innate nature. Um, uh, me just to assess that the situation, whether it's happening to me or happening to my family or because uh, I, I guess internally, I know that not uh, everybody's means well. It's just that it's people are naturally selfish. Subconsciously, it's always there. So you just have to figure out, okay, psychologically, what's happening behind the scene and what's happening and how do you serve that person and how do you serve yourself? And, and you kind of have to remove... Uh, as part of the auditing, I guess it's just because uh, humans are very emotional, um, and I'm a very emotional person. It's not it's not that thing, but it's telling you a feeling that you need to listen to. Um, but it's also removing that emotion and see see something that where it is, what it actually is, uh, and how that impact um, the the potential, I guess, project or the person. Um, and to see to see the optimal solution. So if you can remove yourself and the emotional piece, you can see better. So I don't know. That's amazing. Um, I think it's so important to observe emotions and to connect with them, but then also to just take a step back and look at them, you know, with a, you know, not an emotional view, right? It's, a, it's almost observing from a curious standpoint. Episode 201, Stephanie Walter learning the investing secrets of the wealthy and unlearning bad money habits. Is there any mindset in particular that you've subscribed to or you've identified through rubbing shoulders or experiencing, you know, different real estate opportunities or otherwise with some of the wealthiest investors that you've had the pleasure of working with? Is there any particular mindset that really stands out to you? Mindset around money and wealth? I'm thinking of some of my, you know, favorite investors is I find it interesting more about each of their backgrounds is that they're definitely um, 
you know, they own different businesses, many, some own like many different businesses, um, but the, a lot of them are older. But what I find is, is very interesting is they're, they're curious, you know, they want to get to know you, uh, but they, they're open like to doing other things where is, you know, I, I'd like to break through to certain groups of investors that I haven't yet. Um, because I think certain people are just very skeptical of this, you know, and I think they're just, they're more open to doing things a different way, or they're more open to hearing about different opportunities. So, um, I think it, that's what comes to mind is just the openness um, to learn something new, even when these people, some of, of my investor, one of my investors is in his 80s. And this is his first syndication he's he's done is, is with us. And but it's yeah, I, I like that constantly learning the also the help, you know, they're always there to if you had a question, they're happy to learn more about you sit down, you know, talk to talk to you about their past experience and what they've learned over their life. Um, so I find that willingness to help too is pretty cool. Yeah. Generosity, curiosity, openness, um, diversity, and, and just being genuine, I think is, is there's so much to be said about all that. It's, um, you know, it's a long-term approach to not only growing, um, which is, is why I think, you know, what I've identified in a pattern is that most of the wealthiest people that I know are, they want to learn and they want to continue to grow. They want to continue to become the next version of themselves so that they can give more to other people. It's not, they're not selfish. These are people that are open as you mentioned several times, open, they're open to giving, they're open to giving knowledge, wisdom, capital, resources, time. And so I just think that there's so much value in that. In episode 204, Kent Ritter, how to invest and evaluate deals like a pro. Kent, what role does mindset play for you in your not only entrepreneurial success, but investing success as well? Uh, mindset's everything. Mindset's everything. My, I work really hard on my mindset. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time and, and you have to spend a lot of time. It's something that you're constantly curating. Uh, I meditate every day, just did a little five minute meditation before this podcast. I try to do one before every podcast, uh, because I've got so like, because before this podcast, I was on like five straight calls <laughs> with sur surveyors and title companies and everything else. You know, you got so much going around in there. You gotta, you gotta bring it down and settle. And so, I mean, the meditation is huge. Uh, I've recently repicked up uh, yoga, which has been fantastic because it's like physical exercise plus meditation built in. Um, but I, but that goes a long way to mindset. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think just surrounding yourself with people that have, that have not necessarily a positive mindset. I mean, positivity is great, but, but you have to also be realistic, right? But, but just people that are um, Tyler, you probably have a better word for this, uh, than I do, but just people that are able to, they're constantly wanting to expand and grow, right. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know, I, growth like, mindset. yeah, growth mindset. Cause I've got people that are, um, you know, that I've been close with for years maybe, but we, we just don't really jive anymore because it got kind of a victim mentality. You know, whenever mm -hmm. we meet up, it's all oh, my boss is doing this or this is happening to me and blah, blah, blah. 
And, you know, if you start, like you surround yourself with those people, I mean, you start to think like that. And so I think that um, surrounding yourself with, with people that have the mindset that you want to have, I think goes a long way with being able to, to achieve that mindset. And in some ways it can be a fake it till you make it type <laughs> thing. You know, you act that way and all of a sudden you are that way and, and, it, and it does work. And so, but I think mindset is, is critical. You got to believe in yourself. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier about the idea of changing my mindset to actually you know, I, I used to shy away from the difficult and say, no, I want to you know stay over here in my, my comfy little box. Um, and, and just that shift to, to now, Ooh, this feels kind of uncomfortable. Well, maybe I should pursue that. Maybe I need to go after that. Right. Like, Oh, you've never done a development before. Well, let's build 150 units. Like let's, <laughs> let's go, you know, let's, let's try that out. Uh, Cause you're going to learn a lot along the way. And, and so, yeah, I think without the right mindset, you wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to make those leaps. Yeah. It just, it integrates in everything and all of our decisions making all of our behavior, whether it's conscious or subconscious. And that's why I just thought it was such a, you know, important question to ask you because, you know, earlier part of the conversation in many ways was a very sophisticated way to understand and integrate many different moving parts in terms of assumptions, in terms of, you know, moving micro and macroeconomics and all of these different things. But if we don't have the appropriate mindset that says, Hey, if I try, I'm either going to win or I'm going to learn then we may not ever take action. And this yeah. is not easy, but guess what? Easy may not be the path that we should be taking. You know, maybe hard yeah. is the path that can allow us to expand. And there's so much more beauty on that path and on that journey as well. Episode 209, Amy Silvis, going further, faster, how to leverage the gifts of challenges and multifamily real estate investing. You've laid this out several times in this conversation already that challenges are gifts. And even the biggest, most seemingly insurmountable challenges can be gifts. So I'd love to keep going on this if you're open for it. So tell us a little bit about that. So you, you had to retire in 2017 um, from your, your main career. And so what happened then? Yeah. So I was 36 years old, medically retired, a bunch of time on my hands, uh, still kind of in and out of the hospital, but I did have more free time. And I thought, all right, this is it. This is where I pivot to get into real estate. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I've tried several times and failed. But, uh, you know, the conversation I had with God a lot was, hey, why is this still on my heart when I'm clearly <laughs> not always having the physical ability to do this? What are we doing? Um And gratefully, I was able to maximize that time. And a brand new drug for cystic fibrosis came to the market in 2019. What we had been hoping for, praying for, uh, fundraising for, and uh, the time just hit. My health improved dramatically. Uh, My preparation, the groundwork I had laid for the past 10 years finally kind of uh, started to serve me. And we're off to the races. Closed my first property in uh, just about six months ago. Wow. Are you kidding yeah. me? I've, I'm, I'm like, I have chills. This is amazing. So if we, if we can persist through challenges, we may not know how our solution is going to come about, but it will, if we're willing to be, if we're willing to have faith, if we're willing to be grateful for every step along the way, if we're willing to face another day, maybe those are some lessons that we can learn. That's amazing. So you continue to persist. And it was like, it was on your heart. That's really interesting. That was on your heart to get into real estate. It was almost like this desire, you know, um, you, you had this desire and it was like this message from God that this is the path that you should be taking. So you took that, that path six months ago, you closed your first, first deal. How exciting is that? And so what was the first deal? What did that look like? Sure. Yeah. Just incredible. Well, one of the, one of the other lessons along the way was, 
you know, this is a team sport. Real estate really is not meant to be done on your own. Not that we can't handle it, not that we're not capable, but you are just, you can go further faster by joining a team. So yes. I met the amazing Maurice Philogene. Uh, uh, I actually heard him speak on a podcast and he talked a lot about things that I hadn't heard other people talk about, which was money not being the end goal in real estate, but money really being a vehicle for your own time freedom, you know, freedom to give to others. So I was fortunate enough to link arms with Maurice Philogene and Quattro Capital, and we closed on a 58 unit in Clarksville, Tennessee, just about 60 miles, yeah, northwest of, of Nashville. So outstanding market, such an amazing property. And uh, yes, I, I'm almost at a loss for words because it just felt so good. And you can also listen to more from the Words of the Wise series, episode 188, Mindset Mastery, Words from the Wise, episode 192, Optimal Health and Wellness for High Performers, Words from the Wise. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.